Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour. Our time to explore the heart of yoga, its deepest meaning, to look into the truth of our very nature, self and God realization. Let us open our hearts and our minds to the infinite in this time, really thinking about who we are, why we're here, and how we can live in the highest way. So today, I'll be sharing some insights and practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in our world today. And we're going to be looking at one of the... um, key topics in the in the practices and philosophy of yoga and vedanta which is the role of discipleship uh, our topic is stepping into the stream discipleship on the path of yoga and vedanta and we are fortunate to be joined by Pravrajika Brahmaprana for this conversation. She's returning to Yoga Hour. She's a nun of the Vedanta Society of Southern California uh, since 1973, and she's been a Vedanta representative on several interfaith councils. She's a frequent guest lecturer at colleges and universities, and she is also a writer. She's compiled and edited several books on Vedanta, including the complete works of Swami Vivekananda, Volume 9. Um, she's written many articles on philosophy and practice of Vedanta. And um, she currently is the resident minister of the Ramakrishna Vedanta Society of North Texas. And their website is Vedanta, D-F-W, V-E-D-A-N-T-A, D-F-W dot org. Welcome back, Brahmaprana. I'm so delighted um, and looking forward to this conversation with you today. Oh, thanks so much for inviting me, Uva. Really appreciate this. And before we um, begin our conversation about discipleship and its role on the spiritual path, let's just take a moment to center ourselves, a moment to um, practice the, a little bit of a meditative discipline of yoga. Let's practice a yoga moment. Waking up in this moment, becoming more fully aware in this moment by simply intending to do that by simply using our breath to clear the mind and relax the body. So being aware of your breath, intend to draw your attention and awareness within. 
Breathing in, feel that you're diving within into the infinite ocean of divine consciousness within you. And breathing out, just relax. Relax and let go, let go of any agendas, let go of any stress. And know that this is your yoga moment, your moment to simply be, to be awake, to be aware, to be connected, to be attuned. And as we follow the breath within and we relax with the out-breath, we can notice that in just one moment, the mind begins to calm down. It stops moving from one thought to the next and simply becomes anchored with the breath in the now moment. And when that happens, we can experience the peace that is inherent to our true nature, unchanging peace. Feel that peace within you. Invite it to fill your heart, your mind, your body. And from this little yoga moment, let us gather up that peace and know that we can take it with us wherever we go today. That we can bring peace into every conversation. We can bring peace into every meeting. We can bring peace into all that we do. So let us abide in that inner peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Yoga is a multifaceted philosophy and discipline, and and of course we're aware that today, <clears throat> as we read about it in popular magazines, that for some people yoga is a form of exercise of you know getting in shape. But for many, of course, it is a spiritual practice, and it is a lifestyle for spiritually awakened living. And yoga and Vedanta um, are, of course, both anchored in um, the ancient Vedas, and, and and I they walk together arm in arm, and uh, so it's delightful uh, to be having this conversation with you today, Brahma Prana, with um, your strong root in um, Vedanta. When we look at the the deep end of the pool of yoga as a way of awakened living, you know, we find right uh, in, in the depths of it uh, this path of discipleship. And uh, my guru, Roy Eugene Davis, has written Commitment to Discipleship, which he clarifies as continued learning, constructive living, and right spiritual practice is essential for every person who yearns to be fully awake in God. And uh, those of us who are uh, on the spiritual path of, of yoga and Vedanta know discipleship to be uh, a critical part of our journey. And it's, you know, said to be, you know, when we make that turn onto the path as disciples, we're stepping into a stream of divine grace, divine knowledge, divine power. So let's begin, you know, with just uh, thinking about you know, what the purpose of discipleship is. There's lots of confusion around what it means to be a disciple and why it's important. So, Brahma Prana, what do you see um, as the purpose? Why is it held up as something so important? Well, it just makes sense. Um, You know, if we were to (laughs) enter a chemistry lab, uh, we we would get a chemistry professor or a chemist to help us combine the chemicals so that we don't hurt ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And so when we begin to explore the laboratory of the mind, uh, we're we're trying to uh, trek into a realm that we have no knowledge of really. Uh, 
uh, and I think yoga and, and Vedanta both redefine what a mind is and how to use this mind to transcend the mind. This mm. is a tall order, <laughs> and a guru is really a, 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 a tremendous aid in helping us to chart this territory. <sighs> Absolutely. Thank you. There was a beautiful um, insight about the purpose of, of discipleship um, because here we're really talking about a different kind of learning. You know, I think the resistance that, that many have, I mean, well, there is a, there are as many kinds of resistance, I think, as there are individuals, <laughs> but, um, Absolutely. but, but the primary lack of understanding about the need for a guru on the spiritual path has to do with you know not understanding you know just exactly what you have pointed out you know which is this need um, for some guidance about the nature of the mind and how the mind is used and that is because in in yoga and Vedanta as a spiritual path um, the the mind is understood differently and this, um, the teachings that we're trying to learn, um, it's not so much uh, the ordinary way of uh, knowledge. In other words, we're, we're not just getting information um, that right. we're gathering and we're trying to apply to improving our life. <laughs> you know, although, you know, our life does get improved, but, you know, we're talking about a radical, fundamental change in the understanding of who and what we are. And so, you know, that's at, that I see is at the heart of why discipleship um, with a uh, an awakened uh, teacher is so important because we're actually um, approaching this knowledge f- uh, from a very different perspective. Yes, we're trying to change ourselves. We're trying to transform ourselves into what we truly are. And that's uh, that, that's huge. <laughs> and because the knowledge that we're seeking um, as disciples is really the knowledge of the self. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, so beautifully, the mind, um, which is our ordinary instrument, has to be transformed in in order for us to come to know the self directly which is the goal of which is the goal uh, of the path and um, so I, that's really at the heart of it and of course you know I think it's possible to come onto the path as a disciple you know before we understand that even uh, even completely I mean certainly that's my experience you know I, I came onto the path and and I was aware that there was something <laughs> there was something. <laughs> for me to get, you know, for me to learn. But, you know, I wasn't really clear about what it was. You know, I just intuitively knew um, that that was the right direction for me. So um, let's also talk about, you know, about this idea of the guru, you know, that that can be a scary word sometimes to Westerners. Uh Um, And so what do you what do you understand about that word and, you know, who the real guru is and why would we want one? Well, it's interesting. Um, before I met my teacher, I was agnostic, and I didn't even feel that religion was true. Uh, religion, to me, seemed it was uh, something that you did on Sundays, and then you forgot about it, or it was just <laughs> an ethical path of life. And so I wasn't interested in religion until I took a, uh, I, was, I had to as a commitment, take a, um, a world religion course. And then uh, uh, we visited various synagogues, temples, and uh, churches. And our, my uh, professor, who was a Calvinist minister, divinity trained, said, we're going to the Vedanta temple to meet the spiritual grandson of Ramakrishna. Mm-hmm. We read about Ramakrishna, and frankly, Hinduism was my least favorite chapter in the book. <laughs> but when I entered the, the little temple in Hollywood, there was... Uh, my teacher, seated cross-legged in the shrine giving a Gita class, and I don't remember what he said, but the impression so fried in my brain, this was a man of God. Mm. 
true. Mm-hmm. And that was, I would say, something that was transmitted. It was palpable. And to me, that is one of the fundamental um, uh, advantages of having a guru. We have before us an example. We do, and we have that, and I think, you know, you've, you've described my own experience in it in a little different way, which is that, you know, when we meet the guru, we know. And, you know, like I said, I didn't understand. I wasn't looking for a guru, you know, much like you. It, it was, I mean, I was looking, uh, certainly I was looking for happiness. Um, I was looking for truth. I was looking for freedom from suffering, but not consciously. You know, I was just at that place in my life where, you know, we say you're, you know, you're ripe for discipleship when you come to that understanding that something is missing, you know, and yes. all the ways that you've tried to find it, you know, are not working. Yes. And so there's something yes. else, you know, that's needed. And, you know, as you described yourself as an agnostic, you know, prior to um, meeting your teacher and coming on the path, I was thinking, you know, in a way, being agnostic is really a perfect qualification <laughs> for for inquiry, isn't it? I mean, because... Oh, absolutely. You, you know, yeah. if you are agnostic and you're not certain, you struggle to find the meaning of life. And mm-hmm. that's a real fuel to 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 push you forward. And, and I, and I was thinking, and you, you certainly um, would know, you know, much more than I about this, that in his own way, it seems that Swami Vivekananda, who was such a God-realized saint, certainly began his journey with that agnostic tendency. You know, in some of the stories I've read, um, you know, he was a he was really a doubting disciple um, oh with with sure Sri Ramakrishna. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, tell us tell us just a little bit about that. He said, you know, I I doubted my master for six years. You know, he was in the Brahma Samaj, which was sort of a Western-styled organization. They they didn't call themselves Hindus. They believed in God with attributes. But he doubted uh, Vivekananda, Ramakrishna's uh, mother Kali. And it wasn't until he lost everything. He was from a wealthy family. And he came to Ramakrishna and said, well, you know, you have faith in, in Mother Kali. You please ask her to to take my family out of poverty. And, and Ramakrishna said, why should I? You go to the temple yourself. Mm-hmm. And so he sent Vivekananda to the temple, and Vivekananda had the experience of Mother mm-hmm. and couldn't ask her for anything mundane. Mm-hmm. And three times he went, three times he came back, and Ramakrishna said, well, you will never be without simple food and clothing. That, and and and, but it was that experience that he gave, mm. and the same thing with non-dualism. Uh, Vivekananda scoffed at his non-dualism. He he lived six months in Nirvikalpa Samadhi. He said, "This, the fact that this water pot is Brahman, this road is Brahman, you know, this and that is Brahman. That's that's that's, that's ridiculous." And Ramakrishna <laughs> gave him the touch, mm. and he experienced it for himself, and mm. so. You know, but he said, six years I doubted. And mm-hmm. in a way, his doubts, reading about his life and his doubts with his master, we go through the doubts ourselves and the doubts are answered. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful way of traveling yeah. in, in yeah. spiritual life. It really is, and it also, I think, helps us to see that, you know, if there is, um, you know, of course, one of the qualities of discipleship is having this intense desire for liberation, you know, for true knowledge, and certainly, you know, while he had his doubts, that intense desire um, was so ferocious in him, and that, you know, in a way, his doubts were really part of that, you know, he, he, oh, yeah. he, he yeah, you know, didn't want to just just you know, take something um, as given because uh, somebody said it, said it. Even his master, you know, that he, but he really wanted to know the truth. And you know, in, on the paths of yoga and Vedanta, we really only come to know the truth fully by experiencing it for ourselves, by experiencing it directly. And that's why the training, uh, you know, for body and mind, the disciplines of discipleship are so important because they um, prepare 
us uh, for that experience. Um, we're getting ready now to take a break, and when we get back, um, we'll talk more about finding uh, the guru and uh, what it means uh, to be a disciple uh, on the spiritual path. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest today, Pravrajika Brahmaprana who is a nun of the Vedanta Society and is the resident uh, minister of the Ramakrishna Vedanta Society of North Texas. Uh, I'll be uh, right back after the break. More about discipleship. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. We are all on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery, with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Pravrajika Brahmaprana, Vedanta Nan, author, guest lecturer, and the resident minister of the Ramakrishna Vedanta Society in uh, Texas. And we're talking about discipleship, um, this path of learning and awakening that is at the heart of uh, yoga and Vedanta. And in the first segment, we were talking about um, the nature of the mind and how this relationship um, and the training that can come from it and the transmission that can come from it um, helps us to um, prepare the body and mind uh, for the experience of awakening. Um, Brahmaprana, tell me a little more about, you know, how you see this um, preparation of the mind. You know, what does that really mean and how does it work? <laughs> mm. Well, of course, uh, the, the, the right guru knows how to teach and teaches by example and also through humor, sometimes through scolding. Um, but also the, uh, the disciple, we find in the Upanishads that by associating with the guru, there is a process of osmosis, of purification that takes place. He's encouraged to question. And we find that in the Upanishads, by the, by the disciple asking the right question, 
the right answer comes. Mm-hmm. And so we find this whole flowering of what is Brahman, what is Atman, what is the nature of the world, all this comes from the disciples' right question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also the guru understands the disciples' level of attainment, level of purity of mind, by the types of questions, not mm-hmm. only the behavior of the disciple, but also the types of questions that come forth. So it's a very much a refining process because we're trying to refine the mind to use the instrument of the mind to transcend the mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that we see in the types of questions that are asked in the scriptures. And, you know, when I have found that, um, of course, these questions that, you know, you're referring to are um, the innate yearnings, you know, of the soul, of the self to 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 realize itself you know where that that yearning to know the truth is is our yearning for for liberation which is you know one of the qualifications uh, of a disciple and in fact that um, qualification um, I, I think is perhaps the most significant this yearning for liberation you know and staying in touch with that and there's that you know beautiful saying by um, Sri Ramakrishna uh, about you know you, you have to want God you know like a, a man whose hair is on fire you know seeks a pond of water <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and, and so I think that um you know, some people come, you know, to the guru with all different kinds of suffering. You know, sometimes they're they're looking at, you know, having a guru like, you know, like a possession. You know, like having one more thing. <laughs> like, you know, right. okay, well, my friend has a guru, and right. you know, maybe that right. is going to help me, you know, um, have status in this community. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons that you know we can concoct for having a guru. Right. But but I think that that being in touch with the most important thing is this this yearning for liberation is what will carry us through um the challenges of discipleship because yes. there are there are challenges are there not there are there are <laughs> uh, you know it's interesting i think yearning is is like a twofold uh thing um when we stop to think of what allows us to concentrate in our everyday life it's it's our yearning to know it's our yearning to do a great artist becomes concentrated through his or her yearning to 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 penetrate the nature of light that's what we see in the great impressionistic painters so that yearning helps the mind to focus and concentrate and keep us you know mm-hmm. on on the path and that and that constancy that staying power is a kind of power that 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 helps the stream to to narrow and the force of the current to to proceed more rapidly and more one pointedly. Mm, mm, that's a beautiful description, and of course, in the in the training that we receive as disciples, you know, it is to enhance that um, ability, you know, to be constant, to be able to concentrate, to be able to discern, you know, that uh, yeah. to get over our. Um, <laughs> our tendency to be distracted um yeah. you know that is probably the the biggest um challenge you know is this continual tendency uh to be distracted and you know to to wander off um and so you know one of the qualities of being a disciple is uh our ability um to practice dispassion you know, to control um, the senses and and the mind, you know, but when we first, you know, I remember first coming onto the path and um, having no idea about the wild nature of my mind. Um, mm. you know, I, I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't tuned in into that subtle um, awareness, you know, deep enough. I hadn't gone to that to that level, um, and and when I discovered, you know, how the mind, uh, you know, is so distracted, it was stunning to me, and and it was a little 
terrifying, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, just learning to meditate, uh, you know, was like riding a wild bronco. You know, I just yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I think that that's the that's the first thing we learn when we begin spiritual life is that I was never so bad when I was not meditating. <laughs> You know, the yeah. mind is just completely unruly. I was never this bad before I started this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Essentially, we're finding out what the nature of the mind is. And, and that's, I uh, think, one of the challenges of discipleship. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I came onto the path and I thought, you know, things were going to get better. And <laughs> and they do. But sometimes there's that initial period where we actually begin to see more clearly. Um, and that can be terrifying because we, we begin to see the relationship, you know, between our mind and our experiences in life. Um, we begin to see um, the... The challenges of changing our habitual behaviors, you know, the samskaras, you know, where we, we you yeah. know, just just like Arjuna in the Bhagavad yeah. Gita, you know, there's a battle there yeah. for us yeah. for us to really face um, these tendencies that have you know kept us wired into the false self, and so you know, really, the grow disciple relationship is about helping us dismantle that, and you know, for me, my own guru is, um, you know, I just see him, I see this quality of uh, steadfast, uh, steadfastness in him, um, you know, sort of unmoving um, clarity, and certainly, you know, focus on the highest purpose, you know, which is this awakening, and, and awakening in this lifetime, and, you know, that's the that's a key to the girl's purpose is to keep reminding us why we're here um, because exactly. otherwise we we get distracted exactly. and, you know how was your experience of that with your guru in terms of you know ringing that bell of remembrance of you know why you're here and what this is all well, about yeah i think when you're in the presence of a of a real teacher and 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 my day when i was a young nun he he would come up to Santa Barbara and the convent there twice a month and for five days at a stretch, and he had his room off to the side of the convent, but when he came, our minds were riveted around him. Mm-hmm. And every moment we were with him was a training period. And that kind of intensity uh, really makes one much more focused and deliberate. And uh, it's sort of like a fast-track course. And And over years... It really helps to set a foundation, um, uh, but 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 also what they do is when we are you know we're, we're entering the stream and we don't know how to swim is they provide a larger framework. For example, when obstacles come up, they give us a framework. Well, these are obstacles that do come. Mm-hmm. This is a sign that you're progressing. Mm. And 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 try to look over the shoulder of that obstacle, and you will find that it will fall away, and then you gain in strength. And so it 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 it, it puts everything into focus for us, and helps us. I mean, you, we can do this by ourselves, but we're going to waste a lot of time, mm-hmm. and we may get off the track, as you say, with the distraction and that uh, that easy uh, way we can just think, oh, I don't want to get up this morning, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. And then we find our spiritual life slipping away from under our feet. Mm-hmm. So they keep us on the track. And they give yeah. us a framework. And, and you, you know, we were talking early on about um, how how doubts and questions are allowed in the guru-disciple yeah. relationship. And, um, yeah. you know, we're, we're encouraged to... Uh, look into the the source of those questions and to really work with them. And you know, I want to sort of balance that out with because it's an interesting um, pair of opposites in a sense. And and that is that really one of the qualifications of discipleship is faith, shada, right? So yeah. um, you know, how do we? And and this is faith in the scriptures, you know, faith in the tradition, and uh-huh. faith in the guru, and faith in ourselves, right. <laughs> and. And, right. and and without that faith, um, 
sometimes it you know it it really becomes too difficult and and I have seen students you know uh, disciples lose faith you know either in themselves lose faith in the teachings or lose faith in the guru you know that causes them yeah. to to fall right. away from the path and so how do you see that um, that balance between you know the struggle that we have you know to not just accept everything that a guru says with actually having faith that there is this divine connection uh, with the guru how in how does that work well I would say that um, uh, faith is is not blind and and we begin with a working faith in ourselves that we are going to put it to the test, and that is we do it through logic, we do it through reason, and and our questions reflect that. So we test it. Does it agree with our logic? Does it agree with our intuition, our emotions? Uh, does it provide uh, are these teachings me with a balance? And so we use our own discrimination to to root our faith. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, by watching our teacher, scrutinizing our teacher, our faith grows. If he or she lives up to the values that we feel are quintessential, then that faith grows even deeper. And then by reading the scriptures and trying to follow the practices, we are, we're, we're putting the faith, we're resting the faith on ourselves. And, uh, you know, it's, it's our own experience. It's our own experience um, that uh, is is the the answer to our faith. Are we growing? Are we feeling happier? Are we stabilizing? Mm-hmm. Are we gaining some peace? Do we feel we have a direction in our life? These are questions we we ask ourselves. So, so that discrimination, I think, really can help us in mm-hmm. in rooting our faith. And by, you know, always looking to the teacher, analyzing, you know, and, and then if, our, if that is satisfied, then our faith is, is grounded. Uh, we, we, we have to participate. We have to, we have to do the work. Otherwise, it's simply airy-fairy faith. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a beautiful description of how faith grows over time, you know, through, mm-hmm. um, through experience. And, um, and of course, you know, there is a, there's a psychological process that goes on, um, for us as well, you know, which is, uh, you know, projection, you know, projecting out our divine self, you know, onto the guru. <laughs> and yeah, it is yeah. the, it is the guru's job, you know, to, in, in a sense, you know, when I met my guru and I asked to be, you know, decept, accepted as a disciple and, you know, would, you know, would he be my guru? He said, you know, I will play that role for you. And, oh. you know, <laughs> uh-huh. it, it, and it was, of course, a teaching in itself that, you know, the true guru is within. The true guru is ah, the self. Okay. You know, the true guru is, is God. And, uh-huh. um, and so the, the guru the, as our teacher, as an embodied, uh, human being is, you know, the, the role is to point us back, you know, to the self. But, you know, sometimes initially we have to project that out. Uh, in uh-huh. order to in order to find it, but you know sometimes of course, we not only project out our uh, positive qualities but also our negative ones <laughs> and um, and so uh, you know you were talking about you know having uh, faith you know observing the guru and having faith and um and, and so sometimes there's that line, you know, I agree. I think, you know, so much of the trouble that has come in guru-disciple relationships that we read about, you know, in the West has come from, <clears throat> you know, girls who misbehave, one, uh-huh. uh, and, and disciples who um, give up their discernment, <clears throat> yeah. you know, yeah. about that. So yeah. that's a bad, it's a bad combination. Um, right. <clears throat> but... And there is this element of gurus being also human beings. And so, uh-huh. you know, 
how, how do we walk that line with um, um, recognizing the humanity of a guru, of a teacher, and at the same time, the divinity. You know, because ultimately, of course, this is the job that we have to do with ourselves. But hopefully that's not too complicated of a question. But do you have thoughts about that? Because that seems to me where people can get caught. Yes, well, there there are certain basic things that I kind of watch out for. Um, uh, just, you know, when I meet, my, my, my teacher has long since uh, passed on, but um, never making claims, not making claims of being, you know, enlightened or a mystic or any of the, that. And Ramakrishna himself couldn't bear being addressed as doer, master, father, guru. Um, so that humility, you know, to, the, so that discernment of always under, having a sort of a standard of who is a holy person. Mm-hmm. And 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 w- w- being watchful, and and whenever there is a line that seems to be crossed over, then backing off. You know, it's really up. It's a disciple's responsibility mm-hmm. to to not be gullible, <laughs> and to and to really uh, to be. Uh, you know, I've seen I've seen situations where the the disciples' faith in the guru makes the guru even stronger. In their mm-hmm. in their position and mm-hmm. and and greater, mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's a it's a very it's a transmitting kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's our job not to be gullible mm-hmm. and not to expect spectacular things, super sensuous <laughs> things. Right, uh, right. Yeah, that's and, a beautiful, beautiful explanation. Yes, you were going to say something else. Well, uh, the, just that element of discernment. Um, that there is a human guru, uh, and there also is a divine guru, and that Ramakrishna himself said, Sachidananda is the real guru. Mm-hmm. And the human guru is a conduit. And when they initiate us, it's coming from that supreme power, and the guru is a conduit. And to mm-hmm. try to remember that. And that is so beautiful. And I think for us to remember that <clears throat> it's a divine relationship. And um, I think uh, while we bring our discernment, while we bring our faith, while we bring our doubts, we bring our whole self to it, um, Mm -hmm. there is also this understanding that um, what that relationship is about actually even transcends you know the uh, the whole, the human relationship, the level of human relationship, yeah. and so to tune attune ourselves to that um, just opens up the infinite um, depth of what is possible in the relationship. And when we come back from the break, let's talk a little bit more about this divine relationship and uh, how we honor that. Um, you're listening to the Yoga Hour uh, today. We're talking about discipleship on the path of yoga and vedanta with pravrajika brahma prana i'm yogacharya o'brien and we'll be right back with you now available you pray the free prayer app from silent unity for more than a century people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to silent unity with YouPray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With YouPray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. YouPray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free YouPray app and links to download, visit silentunity.org app. That's silentunity.org app. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. 
joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien and um, we're having a conversation today with uh, Pravrajika Brahma Prana none of the Vedanta Society and resident minister of the Ramakrishna Vedanta Society of North Texas. And their website is vedantadfw.org. Um, Paramahansa Yogananda wrote, A guru's only interest is to help you progress spiritually. If the teacher wants something from the disciple, he is not a master. Or we could say she is not a master. The master's only desire is to give, not to take. But if the disciple has the wish to help the work of the master, that is to his or her credit um, that such a disciple is helped by giving uh, to God's cause. So, um, uh, you know, we, we ended up the last segment, you know, talking about the divine relationship and the guru um, being, of course, uh, within us. There is this um, element where oftentimes, you know, close disciples uh, will become involved uh, in the guru's mission, in the guru's work. Um, and and it looks like that happened to you, Brahma Prana, because <laughs> there you are. <laughs> so... Um, well, it, it you know I became a monastic. It's true, but um, as 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 a, a, in the line of teaching and writing that came after my my teacher passed on. Mm. Uh, so that uh, he passed away in 1976. But um, uh, it's interesting. One of our swamis was asked that very question. He was uh, spiritual leader of the Vedanta Society here in Dallas. Uh, for some time before he also passed on, and one of his disciples asked, you know, how do we serve the guru? And he said, by following the teachings of the guru and meditating. Mm-hmm. Meditation, rather than giving physical service, mm-hmm. meditating, that, that is real service to the guru. And you know, every every awakened uh, teacher says that. <laughs> I mean, I have heard that you know from so mm-hmm. many uh, different uh, lineages. You know, to do your sadhana, uh, to yeah. stay uh, to stay on uh, purpose. But um, I do think that. <clears throat> You know, I have discovered in talking with people about discipleship that they believe that, you know, they're going to have to get involved, you know, in seva. And, um, you know, it's true and not true <laughs> in the sense right. that, um, yes, you know, once you uh, have a degree of awakening, you, you recognize that, you know, selfless service is a part of the path and and it's important and it seems the, the only really um, meaningful thing, you know, to do. Um, However, uh, our traditions clarify that liberation is not going to come through action. You know, it's not going to come, right, through, you know, being engaged in work. You know, that's a, that's the different mindset that we were talking in the beginning about getting over. <laughs> you know, like, there's something I can do uh, to, to attain this. Um, you know, but well, it's interesting, um, uh, Uma. Um, you know, our, our motto is Atmano Moksharthan Jagadi Ta for our own liberation and for the good of the world. And <clears throat> really, Vivekananda was very revolutionary, revolutionary in establishing our monastic order. We broke the mold of the traditional Shankara order in that we did set up hospitals and orphanages, hostels, 
and we did flood famine and fire relief work as in in India and now we're doing much of that kind of seva here with the idea that when we do meditate if we take that meditation into the field of action we begin to lose the psychic knots if we're just meditating we're not having a relationship with ourselves mm-hmm. but when we take that meditation into the field of action and try to actually when we're serving others trying to see god in the other and serve as the living god that makes our meditation go into our sinews and our blood and our bones that really drives it home mm-hmm. it's not the same as meditation uh you know in initially but it can become that when we see exemplars mm-hmm. realize souls who are performing even the most menial actions like sweeping it can look like worship <laughs> atmosphere a fragrance of worship Mm, it does, and you know, and of course, I. And you talk about watching the guru, and my my guru is still embodied, you know. So I've had the privilege of you know watching him for thirty five years, and um, you know his his dedication to service is simply profound, you know, to see and to watch this, you know, steadfast, you know, really karma yoga. It's like, you, right. you know, I've, I've often thought of, you know, how the, this, you know, bhakti or gyan, you know, both lead us to to karma yoga. You know, they, right. they lead, you know, a, an awakened heart is one that uh-huh. is going to be engaged in service. But I think what what we what we want to you know and I think about Yogananda's guru you know Sri Yukteswar saying you know self realization is not selfish realization no and so, no, no. so so you know being engaged in seva helps to overcome that sense of you know I am doing this for myself you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get a better life I'm gonna be more successful I'm gonna be more happy but I think the the <clears throat> the thing to Avoid, you know, is the idea that somehow, you know, I'm going to be the best disciple, you know, by doing all this work, right? Oh, <laughs> you know, no. the, yeah, that's the group. definitely the wrong idea. <laughs> Uh, what, and then what? you know the, the love. The love is not there. The presence is not there. What is no. there is the same old ego. You know who's driving right? to achieve and be recognized. Yeah. You know and 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 all of that. But you know it's um, so interesting, uh, Uma. We, we we say we are meditating. Well, I'm going to go and meditate, but we really aren't. We're we should rather say we are going to try to meditate. And the same with karma yoga. It is probably one of the most difficult yogas. And we say that when we're working, we're performing karma yoga. Well, real karma yoga is union. And 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 I realized this much later in my monastic life, the Holy Mother is really an example of karma yoga. One of our direct disciples of Ramakrishna said, her conscious level never came down beneath mm-hmm. the throat center. She was always in Bhava Samadhi as she worked. Mm-hmm. And so that is sort of my example of what real karma yoga is. And without meditation, we forget who we're working for. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I, I really relate to what you're s- saying. But also, karma yoga means yoga. And what we're trying to do is like children we're 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 trying to <laughs> but to be really united is is another is another thing altogether uh, what a beautiful description, and you're right, you know, her life, um, really, she served everyone, and, yeah. you know, there were times when, you know, and, and she lived in difficult circumstances, and there were times when, you know, she was ignored, and, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and yeah. yet, you know, she, her life, uh, her life shines, you know, and the way that she served everyone with so much, so much love, um, and that's what I think is the, is the what is the indication you know if our service is infused with love you know not with emotion but right. with that deep sense of recognition of self knowing and recognizing um you know god in all that we serve and in all that we do then you know we are serving uh, on the path as disciples uh, yeah, we're going to 
<laughs> it's the goal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have just a, a couple minutes left here, so uh, I want to ask you if you have any uh, closing inspiration uh, for our listeners today about the way of discipleship. Well, I, I would say that once we enter the stream of discipleship, we're not just, uh, it's not just guru disciple. It's a stream of a lineage. And we become the inheritors of the experiences that have taken place within that lineage. And when our own teacher passes on, we can also uh, find solace and understanding and wisdom from other teachers within that tradition. So Mm -hmm. our sense of family, a spiritual family, enlarges and Mm. can only augment our spiritual life. Thank you so much. Beautiful reflections. I've, I've so enjoyed um, speaking with you today. It's always a pleasure, and I thank you for coming back on Yoga Hour. And I, I want to um, let the listeners know that if you've enjoyed this conversation, that you can find another uh, conversation with Brahma Prana uh, on in the Yoga Hour archives and Unity Online Radio. And we had a talk uh, on April 10th, 2014, about saying goodbye to fear, courageous living through yoga and Vedanta. So you can find that, download it, and uh, keep this conversation going. Next week, we're going to uh, continue in the series on the journey of self-discovery with an encore program. Uh, I'm speaking with my guru on the way of spiritually conscious living. So this is a program with Roy Eugene Davis that will air next week. For information about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, uh, visit csecenter.org. And take a look at um, CSE's Meru Institute, um, our teaching arm that offers a modern way with ancient roots to learn and teach the life-transforming tools of yoga, Ayurveda, and community ministry, or Seva. Uh, and you can find out about those programs at our website. Remember to subscribe uh, to the Yoga Hour at iTunes. And thank you again, um, Brahma Prana. It was such a joy to talk with you today. And thank you, Jeff, in the sound room. Excellent. And uh, thank you to all of you listening in. I look forward to being with you again. And until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Namaste. Reverence to the divine within you. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. ever find yourself stuck slow down and breathe bring to mind a person who you admire ask yourself what actions would they take would they make a list of possibilities how about making a list of the things that they're grateful for here's another reaching out and asking the person you admire for guidance finding yourself stuck is similar to being in a dark room with messengers of fear invading your goodness Pick yourself up, cut a hole in that wall, and let the light in today. Get more inspiration. Listen to Clarity 101 with Glenda Gibbs on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time. Take the first step. You're worth it. In quiet moments of prayer, 
Let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash IMDivine2022. 